welcome back to The Creative Squeeze, the place for creatives around the world to share their unique journey and inspire others. On this episode of The Creative Squeeze, we are joined by the talented Barbara Rigo. Barb is a graphic designer and videographer, making work for countless brands, including Coca-Cola, Puma, Red Bull, Sony Music, and many more. As a Georgia native, her reach has far exceeded her humble beginnings. She has participated in Art Basel Miami and recently helped launch the Sprite Ginger campaign. We're really excited to bring you this episode. It was such a genuine conversation and with where Barb's going in the industry now, we she's going to be someone to keep an eye on. She's making some real waves and this was such a great first episode and a real privilege of ours to have her on as our first guest. We have a look at what it takes to go from a small town in Georgia to the billboards of Times Square in New York. So sit back and enjoy a glass of the creative squeeze. Realistically, episode two, but episode one, because we've got our first guest. We're really happy to have Barbara on the podcast. We've got Chris here. We're extremely happy to have you here and listen to your story. It's pretty inspiring. It's pretty unique. It's got some interesting twists and turns. Really excited to talk to you about and let our viewers hear it. Hi again, this is Chris. Barbara is definitely one of my biggest inspirations as a creative. I've known her for a while now, but I'm excited for you all to hear her story as well. It all starts in a quiet little town called Hinesville, Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so hey guys, I'm Barbara. Um, I guess people know me best as Mind of Barbara on social media. Um, But yeah, like Chris said, I'm from Hinesville, Georgia, which is a small little military town outside of Savannah, Georgia. Grew up there. Both my parents are military. Very Southern. um, Not much to do growing up, so I I played a lot of sports. Uh, like softball, which I ended up playing, you know, throughout my entire life, um, up until, um, I guess, still after college. Savannah's pretty beautiful. I've been there a few times. Yeah, I know. So it's absolutely like, gorgeous. It's Hinesville. Like, I've been to the center of Savannah, which is like the moss trees and the beautiful streets. What's yeah. Hinesville like? Hinesville doesn't look quite like that, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it has grown a lot since, since I left for college. It's definitely grown a lot. What are your fondest memories of Hinesville? Honestly, just um, hanging out with my friends, doing the little things like bonfires, enjoying being outdoors, um, lots of sports. Like I said, we're always at the softball fields or at the football games. So literally your traditional like small <laughs> yeah, town, small town vibes. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't expect it. So I guess creativity for you starts in high school? Well, I used to be a dancer. So if you okay. want to count that with no, the arts, but um, I danced when I was younger, which was fun. Um, but no, yeah, high school is kind of where I started or discovered my love for art, I would say. Super random, but I was a really big fan of Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I was always in a reality TV and those um, like singing shows. Mm-hmm. Like I always wish I could sing and like have musical talent, but I don't. Yeah, for sure, one of my guilty pleasures, I can get into a real black hole on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Watching those like X Factor, I American Idol, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's where I obviously discovered Ryan Seacrest and I just love his presence on TV and I loved how successful his career was, just his whole come up, how hard he worked yeah. um, to get to where he is. I was also a really big fan of pop culture and uh, music and uh, concerts and just all that, you know, celebrity stuff. I was really into it at the time. 
So yeah, I was like, I think I want to be the next Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> We've heard about Tiger TV, which is the world famous high school, <laughs> high school yeah, yeah. TV broadcasting station. So I went to um, a school called Bradwell in Hinesville, and they had a you know their television program called Tiger TV. It wasn't as you know up and going up in, until I you know was reached out by a teacher and they asked if I was interested. So I started, you know, doing some on-camera stuff, hosting the morning announcements. And whenever I would watch that back, I realized how freaking awkward I was. <laughs> like, so awkward. <laughs> I hated watching myself in front of the camera. And I was like, nah, this, like... I mean, you had more guests than me. In high school, we also had a station. And Ugh. I always thought it was the coolest thing ever. But I would never get in front of the camera. Yeah, no, I was so awkward. So... I um, ended up, like, staying up all night one night and studying, like, iMovie, how to edit, camera techniques, and um, there was a video class at my school, so I was taking that as well during Tiger TV. So I just kind of learned a little bit more post-production. I really enjoyed being, like, on set, just playing around with my classmates with the cameras and stuff, so I decided to give behind the scenes a chance and, like, edit and produce and direct and... I felt like that was more of my calling <laughs> versus being in front of the camera. But kudos for like getting in front of the camera in the first place, you know, because yeah. I think a lot of people are a bit standoffish when it comes to that stuff. So like you were, what, 15 when you were doing that? Yeah, I was like 14, 15. Like just following the things that you're interested in yeah. lead to the things that you'll be passionate about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, but like you were saying, I did learn a lot in front of the camera and I think it really helped what I was doing behind it a yeah. lot, getting to understand both sides of film and TV and just production in general. And I, I did love it all. I just I think that's a really important point. I was at an event a few weeks ago and we had one of the producers from Tyler Perry Studios talking to us mm-hmm. and he said how I mean that guy works like an animal. Mm-hmm. Right? He produces so much content. Yeah. You know, he's just opened his new studios and they were saying how he would take acting classes Mm because he he wanted to know what it's like being on the other side. And that's so important, especially as a creative of someone who's leading people to understand what it's like to be in their shoes is so valuable. I mean, we'll talk about this as we get down the timeline, but I studied acting and directing in college as well. Um, Took that when I was studying film. So even then I learned even more, you know, as I got older and more, um, you know, advanced with film and, educated there creativity is all about like finding intersections Mm -hmm. between things i see it in myself and other people having just random knowledge in different sectors of the world will ultimately play into your creativity and what you end up doing did you know that this was going to be the thing you want to do in college or yeah i definitely knew i wanted to stick to video and i was it was kind of torn between if i wanted to do movies or if i wanted to be in television or radio even um, social media wasn't as big as it is now, so that wasn't necessarily an option to study in school. Yeah, yeah I, I knew for sure that I wanted to study film, and that's and that's what I did my first year. I signed up for film and video production, and don't regret it at all. It was, it was a good little experience. I will add, though, so my parents are both military, and it was really funny. I'm kind of the black sheep of the family, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> so my first schedule, my freshman year of high school, and there's... JROTC on there. Like I said, came from a military family, huge military brat, and I respected and everything, but it just wasn't really for me, I think. And so I like immediately like scratched that out behind my dad's back and like signed up for art <laughs> class and like here I am. So. I see that a lot. I see like a lot of creatives I've met and spoken to is like 
you're always feeling a little like the odd one out, especially yeah. in the early days. I mean, and Chris touched on this last last podcast briefly, but the idea of becoming a creative and doing it as a job and, you know, actually earning money and it being yeah. a viable career path is changing. That that paradigm is shifting yeah. where it's actually something you can pursue and do well in. Having come from like the science background, creativity and those kinds of jobs are like so much harder to get into. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of more uncertainty. Yeah. Whereas like when I was in science, it was like, you just take these classes and you get a job. Yeah, <laughs> But no, exactly. with like this kind of stuff, you really have to have your own voice. And when you enter college, you don't know what that is. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Everyone kind of figures it out. I, yeah. For me, it was, you know, I kind of stuck to one thing and that was film and video and had approved my parents that, you know, this is a job. This is a career. <laughs> so. you, started a, you started a YouTube, little YouTube channel on the side. Oh right? my God. Yeah. So this kind of <laughs> touches on the whole me trying to be like Ryan. Um, <laughs> so I started a, I won't say the name, but I did start a little like promotion company, if you will, um, where I would go to concert. I was a big concert junkie. So I would go to shows and interview the artist or opening yeah. act before the show do videos on camera, post them on YouTube, promote, you know, anything they had coming up. It was all about, like, upcoming artists. Um, but we did have some big, bigger guests, like Demi Lovato, back when she was, like, on go. tour with the Jonas <laughs> Brothers. Um, but I was just this little 15-year-old kid, like, emailing these, you know, yeah. music labels. That and was in the Camp Rock days, said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did see that shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was just this 15-year-old kid reaching out for interviews. I got to go to a Warped Tour and interview there as well. So some 41, which is a big one um, for me at the time. It seems like you were doing the, you were putting yourself in the right places at the right time. Like you were putting yourself out there to gain information, to yeah. feel the industry, see yeah. what you liked. I think that's super important. Yeah. That and and I'm coming from a small town, remember that. So it wasn't like I had these connections like I would in Atlanta or New York or LA. Um, like no one in my town had any connections or any, any knowledge on the entertainment probably gave industry. You like a desire, right? Yeah. It was like, say. I need to go educate myself. I need to put myself out there on MySpace and Facebook at the time. Um, I guess Twitter was around too. Yeah. Um, so I had those to kind of, you know, use as a platform and, you know, push my name and. Yeah, I really had to go search for I think that's things. important for any of the listeners who are thinking about dabbling into the creative world or are getting inspired by what you're hearing is there is absolutely no harm or no unjust that will come from just putting yourself out there yeah. and showing people your work. Yeah, That's the beauty of the that. creative world. It's one of the only industries where you can just, you've got all the platforms, just put it out there, yeah. see what people think, yeah. stick yeah. to your word, You know, show them what you're proud of. You know, if it might be a niche, it might be something small that you think, I don't know if people are going to like this, yeah. but you have to go out on a whim, you know, you yeah. have to put it out there. I think it definitely don't get caught up in the likes and the comments and all the yeah. engagement. Um, you know, so your first cool. post may not go viral like someone else. For was. sure. Till it just pops yeah. up one day, you know, yeah. like yeah. at the first you're going to be looking at other people who you're inspired by and that's completely fine because yeah. that style, your personal style will come out eventually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so just putting yourself out there more and more molds that style yeah. into what it should be. Exactly. I want to ask you a question. So we were both, we are in some way alike in that we both played a lot of sports. So yeah. I'm at SCAD right now. I play golf. I got mm-hmm. a scholarship to attend the college. Oh, and awesome. That's something that I was super proud of. And we touched on it last time. But the idea of having a passion, and even if it's not in the creative world, mm-hmm. is so important if you're yeah. going to be a successful creative. So 
maybe tell us a little bit about where, where softball came into your life and how that ultimately took you to Georgia State. I've been playing since I was a little girl. I remember signing up because my best friends, you know, played, you know, for our, yeah. like little rec teams. Ended up loving it. I was such a tomboy growing up too. So I went from, I literally went from beauty pageants to a softball field. <laughs> so my mom and dad are kind of laughed about that. In high school, I played shortstop, pitched a little, kind of a little bit of everything. I love pitching and catching and uh, shortstop. And then in college, fun, fun little story. So I was supposed to play at SCAD. I really wanted to go to SCAD in Savannah, no stay close to home. But they cut their program the year I was entering school. So So I got a scholarship at Georgia Perimeter, which is now Georgia State. It ended up being awesome. Yeah, I we ended up going to state my freshman year. So I will say that and brag about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just like I never like won a state championship. So that was something I was like definitely proud of. And And was that something that you were you passionate about softball? Was it something that you came naturally to? Like, was it the oh, desire? Yeah. No, super passionate. Like, I, like, craved going to practice, the games. It was, like, picking out my outfit the night before school, like, yeah. kind of vibe. Um, <laughs> do you see that a lot in yourself now? Like, do you take, do you think back to those days and think, I'm implementing stuff that I did way back then now? Yeah, definitely. No, definitely the same, just, um, yeah, just switching from, you know, the ballpark to, you know, on, like computers Real and using all these design programs. But definitely equally as passionate about both art and sports. So, yeah. So you get through, because we've kind of covered your college, your sports, your fascination with Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> well, he um, comes back up. He, oh, God. He does. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> um, so there's a common thread throughout your story, I think, is Ryan Seacrest, no? Maybe. Stay tuned. (laughs) So we get out of college now. Mm -hmm. And do you just go straight into the workforce? Do you start doing another thing? Yeah. So uh, I think it was my my sophomore year of college. I basically had to make a decision if I wanted to continue playing softball or if I wanted to, you know, focus on school and start doing real world things. As much as I love the game, I didn't think I was going to, you know, (laughs) go to the Olympics and be this professional softball player. So I ended up um, getting a, a really cool opportunity to intern with Ryan Seacrest Foundation. Um, for those that don't know, Ryan Seacrest built um, about 10 now studios, radio station studios inside children's hospitals throughout the country. Um, the first one being in Atlanta because he is from Atlanta. It's basically a distraction for the patient so they can choose to come down, go on, go on air, that, and it airs to... Um, all the hospital, all the children's hospitals, I believe. So you can listen to it in their rooms. They can come down, create their own segments, play games, just hang out and chill, listen to music. Um, there'll be celebrity guests that come in. They've had like Justin Bieber. They've had The Weeknd. They've had some pretty big names. Anyway, so yeah, so I got an internship there as a radio broadcast intern. And I would produce my own segments, go live with patients, interview celebrities, um, when they would come in and eventually I tapped into video with them and became like the little videographer during um, events and celebrity visits to make, you know, recap videos. So That's awesome. that a good is foundation what, yeah. as well. I'm definitely going to look yeah. that up. It, no, it's an incredible foundation. So I definitely think if we as a podcast were to <laughs> endorse anything like that, that foundation is so cool. I've been to a couple of airings thanks to Barb here and, um, the genuine joy you see out of these children who are in like pretty horrible situations sometimes is like 
so heartbreaking but so incredibly yeah you don't realize how much how rewarding it is until you're actually there and experiencing it like just the fact that you're just making these kids days these parents days like is so i don't know it's just so rewarding and fulfilling yeah so we get through that and did you go into that doing just the film and stuff or were you behind the scenes on the radio end too like did you learn about radio as well or no oh yeah for sure definitely learned a lot about radio as i we mentioned a thousand times i was a big fan of ryan so i was following the ryan seacrest foundation Wait, Ryan who? <laughs> <laughs> i know i was following the ryan seacrest foundation since it started and I, I believe in 2010 so the minute i could apply i did and i what was that 2000 what was your application like was that a portfolio what did you have to show I don't even remember y'all. Well, it was <laughs> there wasn't like a little bit of an interview process. There was an in, a typical interview. It process, wasn't like a talent show. You didn't have no, to no, no. <laughs> I definitely didn't have to go on there. <laughs> that would have been bad. But um, but that, I think that's really important to note is that from way back at the very start of this story, he was someone that was prevalent in your life mm-hmm. and you looked up to and aspired to and. By going through all these steps that we've already discussed, and we're going to get onto so many more incredible ones. By kind of envisioning it and seeing him as someone in your life that you look look up to and keeping that always there with you somehow, you basically put yourself in an incredible situation that he was related to. Yeah. You know, and that's something I've seen a lot in the creative world is keeping that mindset of always looking forward and having something to go go towards. And for exactly. you it was, you know, this guy who you really aspired to be like or work for or surround yourself with and you got there. Yeah. But it was kind of like a eye on the prize type situation. Yeah. Like I have I always try to keep one or two main focuses in my life. So it's, you know, school and softball. Those are my two focuses. Now it's school and internships. And then it's internships and trying to find a full-time job or, you know, what's next for my career. So that's kind of how I've always been yeah. and kind of planned out my life in a way. Um, so at that point in my life, it was internships and finishing school and very fortunate to be, have been able to got that internship and to do video with it. Um, I learned a lot about radio, like I was talking about before, um, but they did give me a chance to uh, document these amazing moments for the recap videos. And Chris has helped out with a few photos and video recaps as well. And I've been, I've been doing that pretty much since I moved to LA. <laughs> so since from 2014, 2019. So I've been there a minute. Um, build a relationship with his family to meet Ryan himself and hey, say thank you. What was that? Like? What was that moment? Oh my then? god! I'm like, like I blacked out. Like, like, no recollection. Yeah, just of when it. you finally meet your idol, it's like everything you wanted to say just doesn't come yeah. out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you just stare at him. Like, can I get a picture? So, yeah. no, he was really great though, and it was definitely a special moment. His parents were there. Um, and his foundation's still going. Yeah, still going. They're on their tenth studio, I believe, wow. in Orlando. I still keep up. And, super cool. Yeah. It's beautiful what the creative world can give to, you know, those in need. Like yeah. a lot of people see it as a career and a means of making ends meet, you know, and it's a great outlet for ourselves. But how it can be implemented in the world to help others is drives me yeah. to want to get into that world, you know. And I mean, what you've just stated yeah. is a really beautiful story. Yeah, no, definitely. If you can get involved, definitely do or just anything like that to be able to create and volunteer for something good doing it for the right reasons it just feels so good (laughs) no it's amazing so it is it is a worthwhile experience going into if you're passionate about yeah no i agree agree. so many avenues to go down so from the ryan seacrest foundation 
to a production assistant role. So somewhat of um, a fitting move forward, I guess, from yeah. doing the video work to being a production assistant. Yeah, so that's, like I said, I was trying to, I was focused on school, finishing school and internships. So we had the Ryan Seacrest Foundation internship, but I also tackled on um, being a production assistant at Bark Bark, which is um, a production company. They kind of specialize in commercials. You'll see on like Food Network or HGTV. But that was a great, great experience as well. That was obviously more focused on TV and film and playing with cameras and all that fun stuff um, versus radio. Um, yeah, I was just continuing to educate myself, get hands-on experience for the first time, uh, meet people, grow my network and my connections in Atlanta, have a little bit of a job. So that's always <laughs> nice. Um, learn responsibility. Um, so yeah, that's was, was cool. It sounds like you're always keeping yourself busy. Trying to, yeah. That's yeah. My parents always have me in sports or like after school programs. <laughs> that pays so it's kind of like right, the same, <laughs> same flow. So around this time, you also embark on another opportunity to intern and eventually work at a creative agency doing film. But at that period of time, you also start doing something else on the side. Yep. Yeah. So this is kind of uh, yeah. This is kind of where things get a little interesting and. My career path, I guess, takes a turn. <laughs> now I think about it, did I have three internships? That was, like, wow, I was really going. Um, you've done more than most people. Like, most people in a professional career, you've yeah. outdone them already. Uh, no, I mean, at 15, I was, <laughs> yeah, like, like, sitting by dumpsters and, like, throwing stuff in the You might have to delete our first episode of <laughs> the No, 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 no. I was a little crazy, but, like, I don't sleep, so that's the problem. No, I think I had, okay, so I just finished uh, college. Um, things kind of died down with the production assistant job at Bark Bark. Um, I was kind of transitioning there and still doing the Ryan Seacrest Foundation every, you know, just whenever those major events would happen. Um, and so at this point, I'm just kind of looking for other opportunities. And I came across a social media agency and they were looking for interns. So like, this is new. Interview there, got the internship. And I realized that, you know, it's a small boutique agency startup. So I, I realized that this was a great opportunity for me to, you know, just see what I, where I could grow in this company and ended up uh, pitching myself as a videographer and getting a full-time job. I ended up working there for three years. Great experience. Learned a lot about, you know, working with clients my professionalism grew, <laughs> I like to say. Um, learned a lot about video and working with the team. Just how to create for different brands, really. And did you feel like, was this work that you could put your sort of touch on? Or was it more the formalities of, hey, you're just editing some videos. We need this done by this time. Yeah, it was kind of, I think, towards the second year, it was kind of me realizing, you know, there was so much more I wanted to do, <laughs> you know, with the work I was making right. and I did I mean, it's yeah. a boutique but it is for lack of a better term corporate yeah it's way. very it was very corporate um there was room for for you know our creative expertise but it did feel very limited um and not being able to express my true self and that's something that I've always like wanted to do since I was a little kid is just express myself in some way yeah so yeah, so it was it was very commercial and corporate and hard for me to truly express myself. And so I started um, a vision board collaging, if you will, and 
try to express myself there so that I could still stay, you know, passionate, passionate and excited about the work I was creating at my, you know, full-time job. If you could tell the audience, what is it? Some people don't, won't understand what a vision board is. It's something me and Chris have had to create a lot. It's a lot of mood boards and ideation boards. Yeah. So maybe if you could just talk, to, what, what is a vision board? Yeah. So yeah, as creatives, we use a lot of mood boards in our work, but a vision board is essentially just um, kind of like a scrapbook, you know, from back in the day growing yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, we would, um, you can cut out any images that inspire you, any goals you have, any favorites of yours at the time. Um, you can really do whatever you want with it. There's no rules to vision boards, which is what I love. I try to implement in my work. So yeah, just your typical scrapbook, cut, paste, you know. No, no <laughs> structure, crazy. no form. No structure, no form, glue, tape, whatever you want. Yeah, so... Um, so I made a vision board and um, I decided to post it on my Instagram, which had like probably 20 followers. Like, it was not cute. <laughs> like, it was just like not a vibe. So I ended up posting it on my Instagram, just kind of like a whatever. This is me putting myself, my art out there for the first time, me expressing myself really for the first time. Got a good response. Love the process of making the collages. Ended up making, like, a Big Sean one, like, next. <laughs> so random. I think I was going to this concert that night or something, so I made a Big Sean collage. Posted that, got a good reaction, and then... So the 20 kinda... followers were pretty happy with the content. They, yeah, they <laughs> were, like, about time you switched it up. <laughs> I was there, so I can remember. I think I was trying to no, be, was... like, super hipster before I started posting collages. <laughs> yeah, no, it was incredible to see the, the rise of her artwork. My first collage is still on my Instagram. I think I'm gonna I leave it had there. A look today. Yeah, it's, cool. it's you will see the growth. The I will say no, that. Yeah. The progression is, <laughs> and obviously, I think just to sort of outline what you're doing now, yeah. there's a so you can you can explain to the viewers. So ultimately, what you've been doing for the last few years since we spoke about you starting this first collage, mm-hmm. what have you been doing with your collages, and maybe just explain some of the incredible stories i'd love for you to tell the max story to the viewers uh, oh yeah just get on to that so go ahead yeah so um i guess an easier way might be where is the first point where collaging becomes something different than just posting on this yeah because yeah. before it's a passion project and then it starts making you money yeah for sure so um yeah i just kind of turned my account basically into collages and uh way for me to express myself and really just get excited about creating again. Um, like I said, I was doing my nine to five job, which wasn't as, you know, creative. So, or not, sorry. wasn't too exciting. I was doing my nine to five job, which, you know, it just became kind of a routine. So I was trying to like, you know, stay innovative, stay creative. On Instagram, I believe this like music duo hit me up and asked for like cover art. And I, you know, like, I want you to do more cover art. How much do you want for it? At the time, it was my first, like, really <laughs> job. So I was like, I don't know, $5? Like, I don't know. What do you charge people? So that happened. And then, you know, fast forward, I started getting a couple more. started realizing, you know, um, you know, I could sell this. I could, you know, charge um, and make this, a, you know, a little side hustle, if you will. But, yeah, I guess fast forward to what – Probably, yeah, May, May of 2018. 2018. Yes, yeah. okay. <laughs> so in 2018, yeah. you are beginning to build up this little business of the followers are increasing. Collages, yes, the followers I are increasing. I hate talking about myself. <laughs> like, it's so awkward. Um, so isn't it really interesting though, where this story goes now? And, you know, you were doing this nine to five and this collage was really just this little 
like you said, I love that phrase. I got it on my website, the side hustle. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's photography and for you, it's your collaging, yeah. you know, and to have that side hustle is so important because yeah. it gives you that outlet. It gives you probably a little excitement, you know, yeah. through your nine to five that oh, I can go home and do yeah. this. And I'm assuming for you at the start of that, you probably weren't thinking this is going to be something that I'm going to get a career out of. It yeah. Was... No, not at all. I, I had no idea anyone would even like, I was just hoping someone just, you know, say this is okay to stay up on your Instagram. Um, and it's not that I cared what people thought. It was just like, this is actually me like fully expressing myself in such a different way than I have before. Cause I'm so used to video and creating in that way. Um, and so, yeah. So fast forward to May of 2018. Um, it's when things kind of took off, if you will. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Chris can kind of chime in. He was yeah, here I, this, this I heard this story about an hour ago okay, from I'll Chris. Say, I'll and say. it is, it's pretty cool. And I think it tells, there's a lot of parts of it that are really important for people to listen to. So if you've been somewhat skimming through the podcast and now, this is the time to listen <laughs> a little bit because this is a really dope story. So go ahead. Yeah, no, it is exciting. This is another part where Barbara and I's story kind of crossed paths again. Yeah. Um, and we're going to a concert in Alabama. Yeah, so our friend, our other friend, Chris, yes. girl Chris, hey, what's up, girl? So um, she had hit me up and was like, hey, there's a show in Birmingham. Um, do you want to go this weekend? I'm like, yeah. So I hit up Chris because we started going to concerts together. And so we all make plans to do that. This guy, Max, is performing there, love. Um, Let's just get some cool pictures and we'll have fun as well just going there. Yeah, again, kind of like shooting our shot in a way. Um, having fun, but also creating at the same time. With, yeah. pe- with people, we really like love their music and their artistry. I, so I made a collage of uh, Max. I, I don't know if it was like that day or the day before, but um, made a collage of Max, um, posted it on my Instagram, and he ended up seeing it and reaching out. I told him I was going to the show, and we just all hopped in the car and drove to Birmingham from Atlanta. And then, like, <laughs> we're, like, 15 minutes away, and he texts, like, meet me backstage. And he just meets us, and we go in with him and hang out with him and shoot the show, forge this relationship, especially with Barb and Max, because he ends up asking her to do some work for yeah. him. So what was that like and that experience of just randomly asking to meet this person or just reach out to show them your work. Yeah. Um, you weren't even really asking for anything in return. And for yeah. those of you who don't know, Max is now like a world famous, like, He's incredible, artist. yeah. He's an incredible artist. Like, Do You um, Love Me Less is an absolute Yeah, Love banger. Me Less. You probably know Lights Down Low, which yeah. was a big one. So Great, acid so. Dreams. Yeah. yeah. So was he, he was, he was getting pretty big around them, right, though. Was this kind of his rise as well? Yeah, I'd say he had just released, or not just released Lights Down Low, but that was, he was still, like, coming off of that high. Yeah, that was his, um, like, first putting, big album. Yeah, putting out new music at this point. It's pretty cool that yeah. you met him at the time where, you know, he was, I mean, you you might attest to this, but he was really starting his big career. Yeah. He, he probably was the guy who gave you that chance, right? Yeah. That, that shot. I would say that exactly, yeah. So, Max was kind of my first, you know, big high-profile client, if you will. Like I said, he just, I mean, from the get-go, was just super open and friendly and super chill. The but <laughs> Yeah, the, the nice. I could talk about Max all day. Yeah, he's so <laughs> awesome. He, yeah, he invited me backstage, just expressed that he had all these amazing ideas that we could, you know, collaborate, collaborate potentially. He is a man of his word, and we did just that. And so shortly after that show, we started working on Still New York, 
with Joey Badass, who's featured on that song. So that was a really cool opportunity. That to that to this day is like my baby project. Like yeah. I love that project forever and always. Um, we got some cool stuff that happened, like uh, just being featured in really cool online magazines, billboards. And you and Max are still pretty tight, right? Yeah, Max is a super amazing friend. We were texting the other day, so we're <laughs> working on some other stuff. So stay tuned. But um, I think what's yeah. really important is even if he hadn't become the artist he is now, the fact that he took a chance on you, but also from your end, like I said, it seems like this theme that you were pretty good at getting putting yourself out there and not being afraid to be turned down. You know, the fact that you even had the courage to send him that pe- that collage of yeah. like, hey, I'm coming to your show. And you did something different because yeah. most people are messaging like, hey, I'm coming to your show. Like, can I get backstage? And it's always wanting something. Yeah. It's never... Yeah giving something and that's something I think in the creative world goes it talks a thousand words if you can come to someone and say this is what I've got to bring to you that is so much more valuable you're going to make such an impression than someone who goes hey I need this can I get a photo can I come backstage because yeah and and for me too with all my pieces I I do want to make it like a true collaboration so working with Max it was just that like it never felt like it was just one-sided or, you know, he brought all the ideas. Genuine. It was it was a real collaboration. Again, he's one of my favorite people to work with to this day. No, it's so cool that yeah. your little creative outlet was this vision that he had that he didn't realize till he saw your stuff. And then he was like, oh, my God, this is it. Yeah, we ended up making, yeah, more projects after Still New York. Um, I did his tour um, assets. Uh, we dropped another single, Worship, did the cover art for that, as well as some lyric videos, which was fun. And that's kind of where I learned, you know, how can I incorporate video and collages mm. in one? You know, how do I bring back video into my life? Because, you know, at this point, I'm like on my little high. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about creating nonstop, like not sleeping, uh, still working at this agency, um, still trying to figure out, you know, what I can do with my artwork. I'm growing still and meeting so many new people. So, Did you feel like the collages had more purpose and meaning the more you got to know him? Was there more message? Was there any... So for those of you who haven't seen it, we're going to tag all of Barb's stuff in in the link and stuff, and please go and check it out. It's incredible. But if you could talk to a little bit about the process, you know, I would love to hear... Because it's, yeah. it's not as simple as just finding some images and putting yeah. it together. There's got to be purpose and I think sometimes there's a bit of a preconceived idea with collaging in the art world as anyone could be a collage artist you know what does it take to do that but you found a really beautiful aesthetic and way of doing it how did you find that what was that process um yeah so definitely took some time and um just trying to figure out my style and what I what I truly liked again I'm making for myself that's what I always try to stick to even when working with clients for me it's all about I guess what I'm inspired by first, and that's, you know, these fun color palettes and also pop culture has always been a key in my life, too, that I've been interested in, going back to Ryan Seacrest and TV. So those are my two inspirations. And then also adding that I was a videographer my whole life, too, so for a while. So I was a story. I consider myself a storyteller. And so with the collages, I like to come up with, you know, first that strong concept that strong theme that we have um, when working with like an artist, it's usually like, you know, there's there, what's the song about? Um, who are you as a, as a person? Um, what are you interested in finding more about them and their personal life, collecting those ideas. That's how I find the imagery for the collage art. And then 
Second is color palettes. I'm a big fan of uh, just fun, complimentary color, complimentary colors. Um, <laughs> These are real feel good collages. Yeah, like, I was I was on your feed the other day, and I was like. Every one of these, you can, I loved you. I was looking at them, I was like, you can tell a hundred stories in one of these collages, and there's so many little snippets that you might not notice when you go back to one of them, you're like, I didn't even see that. Yeah. And the whole, the aesthetic of the whole page is so in line, and you can tell there's this this thread of you in there through every one of them, which I think is so important as a creative is to never lose sight of who you are, what you are, and what you create creatives can become a product of their environment in a sense you know and you can let the industry shape you and you don't want to let that happen ever people will send me you know collages all the time like hey I was inspired by you so I made this or hey I saw this collage it reminded me of yours or something you would do and it's just like you know I didn't invent collages like I didn't come up with it with it at all like it's something again I just started doing as a passion project and without looking at other people's work I guess specifically collage work I just kind of, yeah, just kind of was like, how can I tell this story with all these different pieces I just pulled? How can I make it all come together? So it's one, easy on the eye to look at, two, like getting everyone's minds going, like, what was she thinking when she made this? Because it, it does kind of give you this trippy, like, psychedelic yeah. feel. There's a lot going on in one piece. <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got a proposition. I really want to see at some point in your career. You take all of those collages into one piece. Oh, that would be so That'll be my masterpiece. Oh, there we go. I think, <laughs> I think that's the ultimate piece because I was, be I was like, I kind of squinted at the screen when I was looking at your page, and I was like, these would be fire in like one whole piece. That'll yeah, be like sick. a Where's Waldo of all. Yeah. Their... <laughs> wow, guys, I'm gonna have to do that. Honestly. Um. Yeah. So just uh, really just the whole the whole point of what I was saying was just like how can I really capture this story and tell it the best way I can with um, these elements that I have. So fast forwarding there a little, you leave your job and you make freelancing your full time Mm -hmm. and you work for some pretty big uh, brands like Puma and Red Bull. And then today was your most recent big thing that happened, I guess. My most recent, I can't say, but it's pretty freaking big. <laughs> All right, so then before that, what's the last ah, reason? Stay last... tuned. Stay tuned for the next episode of Bob. We're allowed to release the, the big thing. What was the pre-big thing that just the happened? The pre-big thing um, was Sprite. Is that, yeah. yeah, so I mean, Barb was part of the uh, launch Sorry, I'm so campaign. awkward when I talk about no, 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 myself. No, you're fine, you're fine. Barb was a part of the um, launch campaign for Sprite Ginger, which is a new flavor of Sprite. Yeah. There was, I think, eight creatives yep. that were part of this campaign yeah. who helped create pieces for it. An incredible opportunity and end up finding yourself on a billboard in uh, yeah. Times Square. Yeah. yeah, so like from from Hinesville, Georgia to a billboard in Times Square. And <laughs> yeah. I think there's a few really great lessons to be learned from that and people that you met. I mean, there was a creative there that, that I know in my hub mm-hmm. of people and that the creative world is so big but it is so Since, incredibly yeah. small like the <laughs> amount of instances where I've known someone who's known someone who's done a campaign yeah. and, wait you know him and yeah. I saw the first time Chris introduced me to your work I was like wait Lou was on the Sprite Blue Ginger Boy, thing yeah. Blue Boy. shout yeah, out to Blue Blue Boy. Boy. <laughs> incredible creator and um, hopefully someone will try and get on the podcast as well but yeah if you can talk to your when you were working with Jeff Staple, incredible, mm-hmm. world-renowned artist, designer, yeah, designer. Um, 
So yeah, if you could talk to the Sprite experience, it's also a fire drink. I had one. Yeah, <laughs> yes, get your Sprite ginger. Okay. <laughs> no, um, yeah, like Chris said, kind of set myself up in a way when I realized that I wanted to freelance full time, put myself in a position, a transition out smoothly, and ended up getting some really cool opportunities as a freelance artist. With uh, we had Red Bull, Puma, and Sprite, which was a really big and recent one for me. Um, so basically Sprite came out with a new product called Sprite Ginger and they were looking for up and coming artists to design for their, uh, the ginger collection is what they called it. So we're all creating some kind of piece. It can be an art piece, fashion, accessory, anything like that. And that kind of ties into the theme of reinvention, you know, taking a timeless classic flavor and, and making it new and cool and trendy. So with me, I, I uh, decided to do a denim jacket because I love denim jackets. This is my first time really experimenting with uh, merch and uh, fashion, that whole world. <laughs> so a definitely learning experience. But yeah, I made a denim jacket, which is really dope. And then we put my collage piece, which was inspired by Thomas Edison's invention of the light bulb. So I added, you know, some diamonds, some grill, a grill, some headphones to kind of, you know, spice them up a little bit, make them a little current. Pimped out, <laughs> out Thomas Edison, if you will. Yeah. And we had that printed on the back of the denim jackets. So. And only a couple years before that, you kind of found yourself on the other side of the coin where you're in the corporate world, like maybe that Sprite team would have been. Yeah. But it's so cool that they were using like freelance artists in these underground creatives to yeah, it was, a campaign from that. It was such an amazing experience for me because one, I've, I've always been a, one, a huge fan of Spray and their product, but two, they're also their brand. For as long as I can remember, I've always been a fan of their brand. And so the fact that they truly do support up and coming artists, not a lot of us have big followings. Not a lot of us know, you know, where to get these like resources and all these connections from. And they just like randomly, like they all just scouted us. Um, from different parts of the world or different parts of the country, which is really dope, and gave us a platform to inspire other creators and other designers like myself, like you and and Matt. So, um, no, it was a really dope experience. And we ended up doing a launch event in February in New York, which was so exciting. Um, got to meet, you know, Sway, Callaway, and uh, Bashti. I'm such a, like, fangirl first. <laughs> um, Ryan Seacrest wasn't there, no? Ryan wasn't there. He didn't get, he didn't get my invite. No, that's cool. But um, uh, Dapper Dan was there. Was cool. Jeff Staple, like you said, he was an incredible influence and mentor for us. What, was, a, what was that like? I'd love to hear yeah, about he's that. Yeah, he's such a, such a, a cool person. Like, I just want to hang out with him yeah. and, like, go grab a drink one day. <laughs> but um, we did – so we did a campaign shoot in January, and then we did the launch in February. So I met I met Jeff in January. Literally got to know each and every designer, went up to them, had a full-on conversation, just really wanted to know who we were as people, who, who we are as artists, you know, what we want to do next – um, gave us all the advice he could, and it was dope. I did a panel at the event, so I kind of got, yeah, kind of the full experience there Wait, working so on the campaign. Have, did you bring any of your experience from the YouTube channel to the panel? Oh, y'all, I, like I said, I'm it's still stuck with me. I'm so bad. I had, like, my friend kind of help, or my boyfriend kind of helped me before um, the panel and, like, do, like, a little pre-interview. I've seen it. You You held yourself uh, pretty well. Thanks, guys. Blue Boy was up there. He, like, killed it. He can speak. He knows how to sound himself. He's a good guy. Yeah. 
from Hinesville and really it seems like a common thread in your creative life and this is the reason we started this podcast is to show the variety of paths you were clearly someone who took the initiative you always were on the sort of forefront of creativity you were forging your own path in many ways and even to where you've got now where it's incredibly impressive in this in the span of two three years what you've been able to achieve and it's really fucking cool to see that it's come from this tiny little thing that was you just getting a bit tidy in nine to five and looking for this creative outlet mm-hmm. and it's blossomed into yeah. this incredible journey for you no I'm, I'm super grateful and very fortunate and i um i mean chris and i talk all the time about <laughs> you know just where we can go next to just stay positive um just one quick thing i think it's important to mention is is the elephant in the room you know which is COVID-19 and stuff and you've, you've moved you've, you were telling us before that you've you've jumped back here because of it and got out of LA which yeah. sounds like a pretty sensible move with what's going on there but yeah. how's how's this affected you and how's this affected your creativity I was listening to a podcast with that had Greg Mike in it just the other yeah. day and he was saying how this is a time that we will never ever ever have again in our lives mm. as creatives to a change the industry feel it out and just work your ass off at those passion projects yeah I yeah, definitely I came out here um as quick as I could to uh just be closer to home and family I guess during this time I've I've kind of been bouncing back and forth as to how I'm using my time mm-hmm. um what's next for me you know I did have I did have a lot of jobs and events get uh canceled or postponed with what's going on but that you know you know, just that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you gotta keep moving forward. Um, so during this time, it's been one for me. I've constantly been go, 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 and I've been using this opportunity to uh, meditate, to sleep, to <laughs> um, spend time with my boyfriend. We're staying together, quarantine together, and then um, yeah, just just let my my mind rest for a second, catch up on even like updating my website or updating my resume, just those little things too. I didn't really like put a lot of focus in, I guess, at first. And then when I when I do, I, I'm still working a little bit, so when I do have that time to create, also it's like okay, well, what can I do next with the collages? You know, I'm I want to animate them, or I want to you know start on some merch, or you know whatever it is, just trying to figure out what's next there. Um, so you know, a little balance between the two. And I think that's really important is that this is a time where we can get completely enveloped in our own work and our passion projects, but it's also a time to reflect. And yeah. I think perspective is such an important word in the world nowadays, yeah. you know, like we are so incredibly fortunate to be where we mm-hmm. are and to be even doing this podcast, you know, there's yeah, people exactly. out there that are being massively affected. And I love the fact you were uh, part of the Ryan Seacrest Foundation and a really key element of creativity is how can we use it to better the world and I think we're going to come out of this and creatives will hopefully I think the paradigm is shifting to where we're going to be viewed as people who can really make an impact and I think it's going to be awesome to see where you go and hopefully we can have you back on the podcast and see where your career goes yeah no it's super cool I mean, to imagine where she'll go in the next couple of years is just insane. It's oh, dope, based on what she's done so far. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up this episode of The Creative Squeeze. We'd love to thank Barbara for coming on. Yeah, um, thank everyone, you. go check her out. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at mindofbarbara. 
Mind the Barbara. Mind Great Barbara. Instagram. <laughs> I'm like kind of stuck with Simple it now. So. <laughs> yeah. We really, really do appreciate it. And this turbulent time, we will get through it. And your work is a real beautiful outlet for people. And I recommend going and looking at it if you haven't. And we're excited to see where you go. And it's been a, a privilege having you as our first guest. Thank you. No, I'm super grateful that you guys asked me to come on yep. and be a part of it. And <laughs> such big fans of you guys. So I appreciate it. And to everyone, like... Um, this is so corny and cheesy, but it's so true. Like you really um, should just be yourself, continue to be yourself, express that in your art, and you should be just fine. So oh. that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. We'll see you guys. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening.